0: I've heard uh, many happily married couples say with great affection for their spouse, he brings out the best in me, or my wife brings out the best in me. I think many deep friendships can attest to this uh, same reality. Our loved ones have a unique ability to foster our best qualities And draw them out and help us to become our best selves and this reality I think is a gateway into today's gospel many people when they hear this gospel are troubled by the Lord's apparently harsh way of dealing with this woman at least initially Shouldn't Jesus have immediately offered to heal this poor woman's daughter? And yet we need to remember that our Lord had a prophetic insight into the hearts of the people with whom he interacted. He sees that this woman has faith, and he puts that faith to the test in order to elicit even more faith. Because, after all, untested faith is really no faith at all. And if spouses and if true friends have this ability and and know how to challenge and test us in order to draw out the best in us, how much more in the case of Jesus Christ, the bridegroom, But allow me for a moment um, to take a little detour here, because I think a question about prayer can arise here. It seems from this gospel and uh, from other scripture passages in the the Bible and the Old Testament as well, it seems that prayer can change God's mind. There are other passages in the Old Testament such as when Moses intercedes to turn back God's wrath or when Abraham pleads for Sodom saying, will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? What if there are 45? What if there are 40? And so on. While it is certainly from these passages, it seems... To be the case that prayer changes God's mind, we can't really hold that position and at the same time maintain that God is God, namely infinite, perfect, all-knowing, all-powerful. God is God, and while He respects our free will because he is God. He can tailor our activities, even our prayers, for his own ends while still allowing those activities and those prayers to be free. Only God can do this. (laughs) But this, of course, begs the question, right? I mean, if God is just going to do what he wants in the end, why pray? I think I hinted at it earlier with that analogy of married couples and true friends. How our Lord, who loves us, much like a spouse or a best friend, but even more so, <laughs> wants to bring out the best in us. But, but let's take it even deeper for a second. Let's go even deeper than that. You and I were created in order to cooperate and participate in God's divine plan. Think about that for a second. Does anyone ever listen to Bishop Robert Barron speak? Sometimes, if you if you do, he sometimes speaks about God's theodrama. <laughs> I kind of like this image, the theodrama, the the story, the great story that God is writing, in which you and I play a key role versus what he calls the ego drama, which is the story that is written, produced, and directed by ourselves. (laughs) It's much better to see life as a participation and cooperation in God's theodrama, not just our own ego dramas. And prayer is an essential part of this participation in God's theodrama. Because it's precisely through prayer that we are conformed to God. Or more precisely, that we become an alter Christus, another Christ. Prayer is good for us not only because it's the way that God brings about certain things. Um, It's quite possible, for instance, that God may have deemed it in his infinite wisdom, in his theodrama, to bring about the good of a person through your prayer. But also, it's good for us because it's how we are conformed to God's will. As we pray in the Our Father, Thy will be done. Just as the Canaanite woman, though, did not become discouraged when she didn't immediately get what she asked for right away, neither should we. Prayer is never wasted. Even if it's not efficacious according to our own purposes. You know, for one thing, when we pray and we don't get exactly what we asked for, the Lord may be, like the Canaanite woman, he may simply be testing our faith and trying to elicit even more faith from us. But at the same time, we have to remember that prayer is not just to get what we ask for. You know, It's, it's not like, I can't do this, and so I'm going to send God to do this <laughs> and take care of it for me. That's not why we pray. pray is, prayer is, again, it's an invitation into a relationship with God and even more than simply a relationship with him, into conformity with him. That's the adventure of the Christian life. To be divinized, to be transfigured, to be conformed to Christ. So prayer doesn't change God. It, on the other hand, it, on the exact opposite, it changes, it changes us. <laughs> prayer changes us. And God promises that he will always answer our prayers. He answers them according to his will and according to his time. But he will answer them. We have to trust that. I'd like to just conclude today with a a wonderful commentary on this gospel by St. Augustine. Quote, The Canaanite woman gained by her persistence what she couldn't get by just asking for it one time. The Lord, by putting her off, was toning up her desire, not refusing her a favor. You see, he knew what height of perfection her insistent demand would bring to her, because he was himself training her precisely for that, He started by calling her a dog. Afterward, woman, great is your faith. Upon receiving her request, she departed joyfully, but first she was changed, and only then made joyful. Changed how? From a dog into a woman, so to speak. And into what sort of woman? one whose faith was great. She certainly pushed hard. See what progress she made in a single moment. That's why the Lord put her off. The same Lord who also told us to pray always and not lose heart. In another place, the Lord himself says, ask and you will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. That's what this Canaanite woman did. She asked. She sought. She knocked. She received.